0: In three, two, one.
1: Emotional intelligence or EI needs little introduction. It's no secret that EI is critical to your success, but knowing what EI is and knowing how to use it to improve your life are two very different things. To help us understand what we can do to improve and develop our emotional intelligence as individuals and employ these strategies in the workplace is author, speaker, and professional actor, John Brennan. Well, hello, John. Welcome to the program. We're delighted to have you.
0: Well, Michael, thanks for having me. This is fun. It's exciting.
1: Well, it was interesting looking at your bio. You were born in Montreal as well. I was too. And you're also a dual citizen, which I'm as well, Canadian and American.
0: We already have it. We already have this enormous bond, right? So I
1: come from six kids and you have seven. So Yeah, exactly. Which number are you in the food chain there?
0: I'm in the middle. That's where the whole negotiation process started, right? In the middle so you got to deal with the older guys and then deal with the younger ones and kind of be the arbiter in between the two. So
1: oh, it's good. Well, and I was curious because of your background was so interesting. I mean, you got a business degree in commerce as well in communication. You've produced events, produced videos. You got into acting. And that kind of sidetracked you and you ended up in a nice career for 20 years doing that and starring in a number of movies and television shows and theater and productions. And I think your longest season was with Border Town. You were in there for about, I think, 78 episodes.
0: Uh, Yeah, I learned how to ride a horse. That was the biggest thing. That's (laughs) a whole other story.
1: That's terrific. Well, and I really love the transition from your background into emotional intelligence and what the acting world gave you and what you learned from that. So, John, it was an interesting transition. How did you move from being a professional actor, movies, television, theater, to, hey, I'm going to now focus on emotional intelligence and EI and become an expert on that?
0: Well, it was a transition that actually took a little bit more time as far as my awareness of it, right? And then I was sort of realizing all the experiences that I'm gathering here. So I worked in the facilitation corporate training environment. All these companies were pouring tens of thousands of dollars into research and so I would take that and I would present it to the frontline personnel about customer service and all that. And all of it started to tie together into the ability of just using your emotional intelligence. And so one thing led to another, and I kept kind of adding to the portfolio. And then I had a chance to work with Disney. I've worked with Ritz Carlton, Nordstrom's, and all of those are really experts in elevating the guest experience. Right. And so when I put together my book, I was able to see the things that I learned as an actor were actually super valuable in emotional intelligence and transitioning that to how do I use emotional intelligence to make the guest experience better? right? How do I use that to make the employee experience better? So I've been kind of working and talking about that, but when it kind of moved all together, it kind of matched, it kind of worked for me how all of my 40-some years of experience in different aspects really kind of came together. Everything from being that one of six in the middle to being a parent and a coach and all that.
1: Well, the book you're talking about, The EI Connection, Emotional Intelligence, The Key to Elevating the Experience, When did you start thinking about that? This is an area you're working with Disney, you're working with Nordstrom's, you're working with different companies that all are experience oriented. Where did you see the opportunity?
0: Well, it's because lots of things were happening when I was trying to communicate. I was at that time, I was communicating somebody else's words to uh, all these different audiences and stuff like that. And I would see what resonated with people and what they got and what they didn't get. And it just kind of seemed a pattern of just little things about thinking and caring about other people. Uh, a a sure. simple thing like remembering their name or. Right, That sort of thing. And how valuable and important that was. And it can transition into any industry. I was just focusing it a little bit more into the customer service. And then I've actually spoken at schools because a lot of these young people coming out of universities are lacking some of these personal skills. They don't teach
1: that. No, it's not taught. Well, it's like boys, when they meet girls, the younger generation, they swipe right to meet girls. It's like, really? Like what happened to just going and talking to him and having a conversation? So Yeah,
0: no. So it was like living in a little Petri dish from (laughs) work that I was doing to my children and stuff like that. I wrote the book during the pandemic, which is the only time I stopped long enough to be able to do something like that. And I would even see my younger son talking with a girl and he would try to impress her about how much he knew, how much stuff he did. Right. And it just reminded me we do something like that in in life and in sales. I said, Brett, you gotta ask her some questions. You gotta be interested in her. If you're interested in her, you will become more interesting. And that is a very true fact. You know, in sales, you can't be the one talking all the time. You're not gonna go two ears,
1: one mouth, right? Listen twice as much as you speak, and that's been around for a long time. I think even Socrates said that 2,000 plus years ago.
0: Yeah, we're not reinventing anything.
1: No. Now, when we talk about EQ, most people are familiar with IQ and EQ. Just for our audience, how do you define the two? We know what IQ is. It's about stuff that we know, and EQ is more about how we go about it, isn't it? Or do you have a definition that you like to use?
0: The way I use it for my purposes as far as emotional intelligence is kind of understanding your emotions and trying to control them and manage them. For the benefit of the relationship, but then more importantly is understanding the other person's emotional state. Right. What are they bringing into the program? Some of those are standard. If you're in a sales environment, you have an idea of what that person's kind of looking for. Now, the person themselves will bring other aspects in there. So you can start measuring that and making better decisions for the better of the relationship. And again, that works whether you're in a family circle, whether you're a coach, whether you're sales, whether you're in leadership, there's no shortage of very smart people who are very weak in emotional intelligence. Right. And if you can elevate your emotional intelligence, you communicate much better you're a better team player, you're a better manager. It becomes so important, especially today. I think today it's way more important than your level of intelligence.
1: Oh, I'd agree. You see a lot of intelligent people and we have a lot of leaders in our different political parties. They're obviously intelligent, but then they have low EQ or low emotional intelligence. And just by some of the comments, the things they say are awareness overall. So it becomes a difference. Why is it important EI to our success. How's it going to help us?
0: Well, I think first of all, you're a better team player, right? So in meetings, you can be more aware of how other people are feeling and what they're bringing to the program. You listen better. I use the skill of observation as an actor. You observe other people to create a character. And also you observe the other actor in a scene to adjust to that situation. So observation You can call it listening or whatever. You're just using all your senses to have a better understanding of the other person. And then you can improve the relationship between the two because of what you bring in. Listen, I've been married. I've been married 40 years. I use emotional intelligence every day. Right. My wife, we just had... a survival instinct, yeah. You know, we just had my brother and his wife, and I love him to death. He's my Irish twin. But she says, I use my emotional intelligence all weekend.
1: And you, you see it in the work front. I know you give different examples in your book. And speaking of your brother, and we'll come back to it, just an example. I think you were in Palm Springs. You tell the story you were in Palm Springs. And I think it was yeah. celebrating his 50th. Yeah. And that was a good example of applied... Emotional intelligence.
0: Absolutely. It was just little things, you know. They're unexpected things. Like when we arrived there, listen, I use points and stuff like that. So right. I wasn't too fancy, but what's beautiful? We arrived there. They said, Listen, we'd like to upgrade you to a room with a fire pit outside, you know. Yep. Because it was really great. So I got an upgrade, which was really nice without asking for it. They gave us a, a glass of champagne. But one of the great examples and it's just an easy all this stuff is just it's not complicated no but you got to do it when we went for breakfast they want you to come through the hostess so they can capture your name so our names now got transferred to status and then to the server and each person used our name right it's not a big deal but it made you feel unique and valued and these are things okay it's universal right what that is and then when the waitress came she was very pleasant and then she said are you here celebrating anything i said i'm here it's harry's 50th birthday and she goes oh my god that's so great thank you for coming here for your 50th and so she took her order and she went off and then she came back with a bottle of champagne a couple of glasses a towel in a branded bag and said, harry thank you so much for choosing the ritz carlton to celebrate your birthday
1: oh excellent yeah. And they're famous for this stuff. This is their DNA. They're a good example of that. Yeah. What
0: I found often in a lot of the training that I did earlier on, that you would be talking to the front line about these ideas and the way to talk to people, and all that, which was fine. But then they would say, yeah, but my manager is not buying into that. So I can't mm. do it because he's not allowing me to give me that time or, or giving me the power to do some of these things. So that's when I realized if in an industry, if you don't have the management or the ownership that buy into this, it never trickles down to the front line.
1: Yeah, it has to start up at the top. I'll give you a quick anecdote that goes with that. I was doing some work for one of our clients in Kohler, Wisconsin. I was staying at the American Club, and the client was Kohler Plumbing. And was staying at the American Club. I walk in. They knew me when I approached. Them. Mr. Vickers, nice to see you. And I'm like, how would you guys know my name? And then I called down that evening about 10 o'clock, and they answer the phone. They go, hello, this is Stephen Guest Services, Mr. Vickers. How can I help you? And I said, well, yeah, I wanted to get a wake-up call for 5 a.m. Sure. Sir, would you like some coffee? I said, absolutely. We made arrangements for the coffee. And he said, sir, are you going to be having breakfast in our restaurant? We have our chef's specialty are these crepes. And I said, yep, I've got a meeting there. I'm going to have the crepes. Looking forward to it. He goes, all right, Mr. Vickers, any newspapers or morning papers we can deliver for you? We have half a dozen for you to choose from. And so I picked a USA Today. Hadn't seen one of those in a while. And he said, thanks, my name's Steven. Guest services. Call if you need anything. I'll be working through the evening. Well, I'm going, wow, this is amazing. Five-star service, right? And of course, they use their name. Three days later, I'm in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada and I'm doing an engagement. And again, about 9.30 at night, I called down and hotel operator. And I said, yeah, I'd like to get a wake up call, please. And they said, okay, what time? And I said, 5 a.m. They said, all right, room 307, uh, 5 a.m. Good night. That was it. And the two different experiences, right? Two completely different experiences. Now, when we show people those first example, just like you illustrated with the Ritz, they have to see it. They have to experience, I find, to, otherwise they don't even know what it looks like. Do you find the same? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, but listen, we all have these little experiences. I mean, you can ask a whole audience. once had good and bad right. uh, experiences. You remember the good ones, and you also remember the bad ones. But I use a very simple, it doesn't have to be fancy. It was in a diner in like Columbus, Ohio, right? And I just went in, I wanted iced tea, but they all had the sweet tea down there. So I didn't want that. I said, do you have an unsweetened iced tea? And she goes, no, but it'd be my pleasure to make you some. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 don't, yeah, don't worry about that. I'll just have a, something else. Just no, it's my pleasure. You know, yeah. it's not about me. It's about you. It's either, Simple you know? thing.
1: Well, you mentioned yeah. in your book, you talk in your book, the EI connection, that it's critical to our success that accounts for about 50 or 60% of performance in all types of jobs. So it can be done at every level. A hundred percent. I think it improves just about everything you do. It just changes your outlook on everything
0: and everyone that you work with around you to come in and say, Karen, Hey, how are you today? Hey, how's your mom? Yeah. Just to say that it's like, Oh, wow, well, she knows that my mom was sick and well, she's fine. Thanks for asking. It's little stuff. It's about caring about other people. And being aware of other people. As a salesperson, you were in sales for a long, long time. I did tons of presentations. Sometimes I have to do the same presentation over and over again. And so I had to find a way to get myself pumped up and excited. And the minute I realized, well, it's not about me, it's not about you, John. It's about them. They've never seen this. That's all it took for me to change my attitude about every day. And so it made every day unique. And the Mm. other thing Mm. I tell is, let's say you're having a bad day and you're going in. And so some people will listen to music. I have a good friend of mine. They'll listen to comedy that underway in. So it changes their mindset. So when they walk in, they're at their best.
1: No, it's good. I think anything you can do to change that framework because our thoughts govern those emotions, right? And what we think about. Now, you made an interesting point. What if I work for a company and management's not on board? So maybe I've got an old school owner or manager, but I believe in this. This can still be done on an individual level with each of your interactions, right? Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: Now, unfortunately, they may not give you the, listen, uh, you can spend up to $50 or $60 on something for a guest if you want, or they may not give you the encouragement or the recognition that you may need, but you can do the best that you can with the power that you have and who you are because you represent yourself. But often, I mean, people leave, particularly today, they will leave if they don't feel valued or recognized at all. So managers, beware. Everybody's hiring today and you're all wondering where the heck's the people to, to come and do these jobs. But how you treat people will make a difference in your employee turnover, how long they stay with you, whether they want to stay with you.
1: This episode is sponsored in part by Rainmaker Digital Solutions featuring ActiveCampaign. Looking to drive growth with customer experience automation? Active Campaign, the number one marketing automation platform for e-commerce, B2C, and B2B companies, gives you the email marketing, marketing automation, and CRM tools you need to create incredible customer experiences. ActiveCampaign is the platform we use to reach, nurture, convert, and grow our business, and you can use it to grow yours. You can see why 150,000 plus businesses like yours choose Active Campaign to help them grow and become preferred in the markets they serve. You can also start your free trial by visiting our website and clicking on the Active Campaign trial link. As a bonus, we'll also give you a digital copy of my book, Becoming Preferred, How to Outsell the Competition. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am a shareholder in the company. And now back to my conversation with John Brennan. Now you teach that The EI, emotional intelligence is like a muscle that can be developed and perfected. What's a good starting point? So if, say I'm a business owner and we have listeners that do that, we have entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, consultants, advisors, and let's say, hey, I want to take this and make this part of my experience, my client journey. What's a good place to start?
0: I think you got to start with an open mind. Right. Right. And then say, OK, well, today I'm not really feeling my neck hurts a little bit. I'm a little cranky and stuff like that. So I need to be aware that I might be bringing that in to my next conversation. They don't know that I'm going through this. I need to be able to understand my emotions, manage them a little bit. So adjust. So say I need to kind of come in with this kind of an attitude here. So I'm aware of myself. I'm aware of how I can try to manage. You know, a lot of us do those things, the reset button or whatever little trick that you can find to help you reset your emotions. And then just being aware of what the other person has. Like if you wanted to ask for a raise and you come in and you see your boss running around ranting and raving, you're probably not going to ask him for a raise on that day. You might wait to when his emotional state is better. So basically for me, is your mindset. You can change your mindset. With just a quick decision, one of the easy ones that I use in the book is—I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in Montreal, so I had a little bit of road rage. I always <laughs> said, like people weren't polite; that bothered me. You know, you cut me off, or right. what are you doing? So I had a little bit of road rage. Moving to California, it's a little bit different there. I mean, there are people who will shoot at you, so right, I mean,
1: exactly, you
0: can behave yourself. But there was an incident like that. I get angry and I chased this person over the hill, and it was also at the year. My son was only 15 or 16 at the time, and it was going to be teaching him how to drive. And I get to the light, and I say this in the book. It's, but this is just a simple thing, right? Yep. So I'm yelling and screaming, and my son turns to me with the maturity that I should have and say, that was really mature, that's mm. really great. So I realized that that was so stupid, right? And why, why would I get that? And all I did was saying, you know what? I'm not going to let that stuff bother me anymore. Well, and it, and it didn't go away 100%, yeah. but 90%, and it really makes a difference.
1: Yeah, it's really like containing our emotions, isn't it? So it seems like EI is really about managing our emotions, like identifying our feelings and then determining what beliefs cause those negative emotions and then stop the self-destructive behavior, right? And containing yeah. it. So choosing our reactions wisely.
0: Yeah. But we do this all the time. Listen, you've been married a long time. You've got a big family. Making that adjustment or saying, you know what? This has been bothering me for years in my relationship. And I have to look at it. It says, am I going to continue feeling upset about all this stuff? Or is this a line in the sand? Right. I mean, is this where I draw the line in the sand? And if it's not, I just go. All right. I'm not letting that bother me anymore.
1: I think as we get older, you just get to where I just don't have the energy to put into that anymore and things don't change. Otherwise, why should I let it ruin my day or is it within my control? Well, it sounds like EI is really about managing your emotions and identifying feelings and determine what beliefs cause those negative emotions and then stop all the destructive behaviors. Is that how you see it?
0: Well, yeah, that's certainly part of it, right? So that's my responsibility about Understanding, understanding my emotions, what triggers those emotions. Can I manage them in certain ways? Can I avoid doing that sort of thing? So I want to be able to understand it and manage my emotions, but that's great for me. But now I need to understand where they're coming from. Right. Where right. Are they're coming from. What's their emotional state? And if I understand we'll say, well, this has just happened to them. So maybe I shouldn't ask that. Or maybe I should come in this way. And it's an ongoing process. Listen, I make mistakes all the time and I have to remind myself, OK, well, that wasn't smart. and I wasn't thinking. I need to be more aware <laughs> of the other person. Right. Hey, listen, I mean, humor was always a go to thing for me. And today you really got to be careful. So you got to be aware of that. You know, I think that's funny. It'll be really funny with my brothers. But this person doesn't have the same context that I have. And that's taken me a little while to accept. I just thought other people didn't have my sense of humor.
1: Right, right. Well, and the rules are changing. The posts are moving. So. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, you actually talk about this in your book. You call it the EI mix where you talk about empathy and having empathy and then generosity and being trustworthy. Want to touch on those three elements?
0: In the book, I often kind of connect to things that resonated with me as an actor, right? So in a scene, when you often you, you'll see a movie and it's so beautiful and all that. And you hear the birds over here and the airplane over there and the guy talking there. All that's been brought into the mix. Because when you're shooting it, everything else is quiet. It's just one line of the audio, even the people talking behind you. So you got to bring in all these things in there to kind of bring it together. So in the book, I talk about how it reminded me of that kind of mix. So when you mix empathy with generosity, you got to bring in a little bit of everything to make it work.
1: Right. When I'm traveling all the time, we're in the airport lounges. What I'll always do is I hit the lounge and I grab a bunch of cookies that are fresh baked and I'll grab handfuls of them and wrap them up and then I'll take them onto the airplane and I'll pop my head into the crew up into the front of the cockpit with the- Oh, that's head. nice. And I just said, hey guys, I just raided the lounge and I've got some fresh baked cookies for you. And they're always delighted. They're always delighted. Sure. And then I sit down and almost without fail, and I don't do it for this. Well, maybe I do a little bit. But yeah, a free drink. <laughs> yeah, they'll come by with the cart and, oh, Mr. Vickers, here you go, and a couple of little bottles of something or whatever. And they'll just offer me a free beverage, right? And often, if there's empty seats, they'll say, sir, your seat's now available for you in row 4D. And I'm right. like, oh, yeah. thank Thanks you. For for but at C. the end… Yeah, exactly. Or the very back of the bus middle seat, right? So yeah, it, it doesn't take much, but it's paying attention to them and really thanking them for what they do. And yeah, there's lots of books
0: about emotional intelligence. Right. I try to make my stuff as simple and as, as oh, I get that. As possible, you know, you just talked about two critical aspects of emotional intelligence and I use it in the book. I mean, I just take from other people that they've learned Oprah Winfrey, whether you like her or not, was always really good with connecting with her audience. So they asked her, what is it you do? She says, everyone wants to be valued. So she values that third person in the fourth row. She values and she makes them feel special. The other thing that everybody seems to be using today, it's like, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's deep. But now everybody seems to be using. What's the whole thing about it? doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. It matters how you make people feel. Right. That's what they were. So the little things that you were doing is doing both those things. You were showing them that that person was valued. Right, right, and you went after to make them feel better, feel a certain way.
1: Right? And it often it's validating them, and I think it's about being present. And where am I at? What am I reading the room right? Right? Am I reading this room right? And then how do I show up here? How do I show up and be present? And then how do I add value? And it's about constantly adding value, or like you said, validating where they're at and identifying it, because then you get the reciprocation of that. Typically, don't you?
0: Yeah, the biggest way. Uh, and A lot of us are not very good at this or we forget, it's just listening, right? Right. Even when you come into a room, so you're not listening just with your ears, right? You're looking, you're listening, you're trying to measure, okay, where are we at in the room? Right. Right. Before, so listening becomes an important part of your measurement of being able to adjust. It, visually, somebody might come in with a hijab on, right? right? And you're like, so that's not part of my culture. So, what do I know? And how do I address this? Some people like to shake hands, some people like to bow. So, I need to kind of Understand what's going on in the room by listening visually. There's so many different aspects that we deal with, particularly here in North America, culturally and all those things that are very important in our relationships. So if I'm not being aware of that, I'm not going to be very good at connecting with other people. And the biggest part of that is just listening with all of your senses. And understanding, okay, mm, what's what's happening? here? What am I seeing today? We're so divided politically, whatever. And I, I have a sister. I love her to death. We're at opposite parts of the political spectrum. So we don't go there
1: at all, right? <laughs> it's probably because simple, I yeah. know,
0: I know that that's just not there. And so because I don't want that to affect how I feel for her. Right. Right? I still think she's a wonderful mom and a great sister and all that stuff. The whole listening skills. I mean, you've been in sales and talked about your book on how to become preferred. Well, one of them is to learn how to listen and just observe, observe. And I was talking to somebody, I was doing a presentation not so long ago, and he would come into the person's office and look at all the things in the office. Just look around and stuff like that. He might notice that, oh, he's got an item apart. That, that's not ours, that we could sell them, and it's right there. So he becomes aware of that and decides when you're going to bring that part of the conversation in. Right. But if you're not looking around, if you're not being aware of yourself and your surroundings, I mean, like you said, everything about us screams about us. Right. We, we are our brands. If you're working for a huge company and the person's coming off the street and interacting with you, well, you represent the whole brand. That's right. You are part of that experience. Experience. Well, you elevate everyone behind you. Right. If you have a bad experience, that person's not coming back because you just wrecked the brand. That's how important you are.
1: Well, speaking of that, I flew into your home turf down in Los Angeles one time, and I get on the budget bus that picks me up in front, take me to the budget parking lot for the cars and a nice gentleman gets off the bus and hi, how are you and grabs my bags and puts them on. It was friendly. The bus was in great shape. He was friendly, asked me a few questions while we're going. Just cheery, which was great. We get into where the cars are and he goes, sir anything in this row, row A, you can pick any color you want. I'm just going to drive down slowly, pick your favorite color, pick your favorite model, whatever one you want is yours. And I'm like, this is great. So I pick something a little sporty. We're in LA, right? I thought, oh, maybe I want the roof down and we'll get all that. He helps me load my bags in the trunk. Everything is good. Then I go to checkout. And that's when I, I, I refer to her as the warden. And she was nasty. And that was my last touch point. And everything was great up to then, but look at, I'm telling you the story. Otherwise I wouldn't even bother telling you the story, no, yeah. but that's what I remember. And that was my total experience. So not all of us are aware, which brings up the point, cause you've talked about self-awareness. Is there a way we can develop more of it? Is there things just, we can
0: just do? by choosing to, right? By choosing to, they talk about mindset, like an open mindset or a fixed mindset. An open mindset, somebody's just was eager to learn and is open to everything. And I have two boys. One has an open mindset. The other one has a fixed mindset. So I approach them completely differently. Right. Right. But the biggest thing is to become aware and become more aware. I think most of us use it a little. You know, some of right. us it's innate to them, others you just gotta work on it and be aware more of it. I mean, we don't all have to become happy, cheery people, but it's about saying, hey, listen, like my brother Harry, we used to call him the Grouch, right? From Sesame Street. So right. he would be this give you an idea of our difference in personality. He's Oscar the Grouch and I'm Elmo. So right. we don't all have to be Elmo's. No. Right. And so you can have a serious demeanor, but yet have an understanding of this is just the way I present myself, but I'm gonna. Present myself being aware of who you are, what your needs are. You've just been traveling from far away; you must be tired. Let me. Right. I, I just got to be aware. Of Put it.
1: yourself in their shoes, maybe a little bit, and you. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. I love the part you said. Listen with your eyes. Listen. We we call it listening three ways: listen to what you're saying, listen to what you mean, and listen to what you need. And yeah. and try and focus on those. Each one's uniquely different, but it's being aware.
0: Yeah, there's a great example of being a good manager, right? So right. you've got seven, 10, 20 employees. Each one of them's different. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of presentations, participation where we did the whole personality. Right. And then when we realize, well, wait a second, these people are way different personality types than I am. So yeah, they have a different need than you do, or understanding that your manager is a certain type. Or how do I communicate with them? So you adjust your communication with each person to have success in the relationship.
1: Yeah. No, it makes sense. And companies who do this should be doing it because it makes sense. But in your book, you talk about it. EI is your competitive advantage and it's an essential script for our time. And I like the word you script. You've brought in your background in acting into it because it is a script. You can actually learn the words, right? You can learn the phrasing, like the example I give you with the American club, it's just simple training and you can learn to say those things or, hey, how are you? Like when we say to somebody, hey, how are you doing? Most people respond on autopilot. Yeah, I'm fine. And then you go, well, how are you doing really? Like, how, how are you really doing? Oh man, I'm glad you asked. My life's falling apart. It's a disaster. Whatever. Now you get to the goodies, right? Because our autopilot is just to give a quick reaction, but we really want to delve deeper than that to a level, right?
0: Well, you make a good point, and I make this point also in all my talks. So a lot of people will take these programs, get these customer service programs, and you go through it, and you go into a subway in the States, and they'll say, hi, welcome. They've got their head down in the sandwich. You go to a grocery store, and the person's the counter to say, hi, how are you today? So I tell the story of the person saying that, but never looking up to give you eye contact to say, how are you? Right. Right. So in the book, I talk about it. It was a great lesson in acting. It's not the words that you use. It's how you elevate them. It's it's what you put behind the words, right? Because you can say the same words 20 different ways. But if you don't elevate, if you're not sincere and you're, how are you today? Right. Did you find everything? Because if you didn't, I got Bobby or he can go out and do
1: something for you. Right. So that's um, Meisner. Was that Meisner's? Yeah. Yeah. First
0: technique, which I yeah. studied in New York. I was doing a soap opera out there. And it's amazing. It's one of the things you do you have two people sitting across from each other. One person just says something like, Hey, I love your red hair. Right. And that person responds back, you love my red hair. I love your red hair. And they keep using the same words back and forth, but you change the emotion in it. And it completely conveys different information.
1: I right? love your red hair. Or... Yeah.
0: Or my, my sister passed away and she had red hair. Now that's reminding me. Now I'm very sad. Right. So I need to, as an actor, react to the emotion, not the words. Right. And the great actors that you see are ones that get lost in the emotion of it. You know, they're not faking it. You act it to you to become it. Well, they've become it. Right?
1: Yeah. Is there anyone come to mind that in the acting world that demonstrates good EI? And oh my god, that, I mean there's some, lots of them.
0: But there's stars and there's actors, right. right? Like I just went to see Top Gun. Did you yeah. see Top Gun? Yeah,
1: Maverick. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah.
0: Now see Tom Cruise, he's become a decent actor, but he's a movie star. And you put him into a a role, you don't forget that he's Tom Cruise. He's just going to be Tom Cruise. But other people, Meryl Streep was a huge star. You forget that she's Meryl Streep. She disappeared because
1: when she takes
0: on the emotion, it's 100% real for her.
1: Right. You know? Yeah, Tom Hanks is like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They disappear in their roles. Now, there are companies that they understand how this EI fits into our customer service experience. Who would you say are top two, three companies? We talked about Ritz-Carlton, Nordstrom. Are there other companies that do it well on purpose you know, and intentionally?
0: Well, there's different tiers depending on what you need. Obviously, if you're in a huge hospitality business, it's one thing. But I actually even mentioned it in the book. One of the other skills that becomes important was that, uh, Apple. Sure, you have a greeter, somebody comes in and they're basically just trying to guide you to certain things. They say hi or you ask you what's your name, what do you need, and they find out. Then they write down what you're wearing, black top, pair of shorts, glasses, blonde hair. And then they invite you to go play with the stuff and they'll yeah. come and find you. So the guy who's got to take care of me, he'll say, okay, I'm looking for a blonde guy. Oh, come on. Hey, hi, Mr. Brennan. How are you? And you're like, no, my I name. I didn't know that.
1: I forward. didn't
0: know that that's what they did before, but that's little stuff. And I remember talking to what they call the geniuses, right? right. And I said to them, I talked <laughs> to them for a while. I said, you know, what is the criteria to becoming a genius? genius is yeah. you have to have all these computer stuff? He goes, no, they actually hire you for your personal interaction, how good you are with people. And then they teach you the rest of the stuff. Well, all the great customer service companies do that. Right. Sir Richard Branson talks about that, right? He'll hire people he met in a place somewhere, but the way that person was with the customers... And it goes and plucks that person. And eventually you'll learn to become a manager or whatever. Now, we can learn this, but a lot of people either it comes naturally to them. It's part of their culture. I talk about that in the book too, but all of us can improve it. Why is it
1: difficult? Why is it difficult for people to develop BI? And why do some people fail to improve it?
0: Yeah. No, I think it depends on your personality type a little bit, but it's just being open to listening to other people. Listen, if you're in the military- It's done a certain way. Everybody has to listen to it or people will die. Well, yeah, that's the military. Outside of the military, even in the military, I've talked to people. I remember talking to this guy and I was doing something somewhere and I just happened to bump into him in the gym and he was like a general and he ran an aircraft carrier, right? (laughs) And I said, holy (laughs) maggot, that's serious, serious business. How do you connect with people? What do you do? And he says, I use a little bit of humor. I go. You use humor. Yes, yeah. so they would have meetings in the morning. Now, if you do something wrong on the aircraft carrier, people will die. Right. I mean, really. So he would have these very serious things, and then does anybody have a joke? So he would say, "What we do is important, but it doesn't mean we can't enjoy it or uh-huh. have some fun together." So I think that, to me, was just an example of him being aware. Of what that does, that emotional thing. For you, I think you're the same as me. I've always worked for myself.
1: Right. right? Yep.
0: Other people hire me. Completely
1: unemployable.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mentioned in the book, but this was the same type of thing. There was this vice president of this financial institution, and we were doing two-day presentations and stuff like that. And he came in, and he just knew people's names. He knew something special about the person. Like, he would say, hey, Mike, how are you doing? Are you still coaching your son in hockey? How is he doing? You know, and I was like, this guy remembers all this stuff. And everybody wanted to work for him. I would have said, if I'm going to work for somebody, that's the kind of guy. Because all he did was cared about you. He listened. The yeah. stuff that was unique and personal to you, he cared enough about you to bring that back up. And that's saying to me that you're listening to me, you're valuing who I am, right? You right. make me feel important, and you're going to take care of me that way. And because of that, I'm going to stay an extra hour. I don't
1: care. Yeah, exactly. He's a great guy. Be curious. Be curious.
0: I was just working on something else about the ABCs always be closing, right? Right. But the better thing was the always be curious, to always be curious about the other person, particularly if they have an objection. In sales, somebody comes up and they're complaining about something and said, well, I'm curious about it. What is it? Let me help. How can I help you? What can I do? Always being curious about that other person will help you. That's another way of thinking about how to improve your EI. Always be curious about the other person. You might not have to ask them how they did in school. And, no. And, Do you have a girlfriend yet?
1: No, <laughs> like, right.
0: Being aware, curiously.
1: Yeah. And you talk about this, you have a SPP model, simple, personal, and proactive. And companies and individuals can follow that same model where we talk about Kaizen, continuous improvement. It's kind of like coming to Montreal. I might, hey, I'll start off in French. And talking to an audience, and then it's uh, part of Vue Anglais, and they go, "We," oui, and I go, "Oh, thanks so much." But if I make an effort, they appreciate 100%. it. Versus, like, "Hey, this is how it is. You're going to speak my language. I need you to cater to me, right?" Yeah,
0: 100. percent And that's one of the things I, I was very thankful for because uh, that I speak fluent French. Right. I'm brought up here quite a bit to have conversations, and obviously, I've been gone a long time, so I'm not using my French every day. So I might stumble on a word, but they know I'm the homeboy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because I got street cred.
1: That's right. Well, if you understand it and you grow up there, you do understand it. The culture is important. And again, it's all about developing it. It's all about having that mindset of, hey, I'm going to get good at this and pay attention to it. And you've talked about it. So it's really about that empathy. It's about giving. It's about being curious. It's about listening and then reacting and mirroring. We, We talked about it. You can mirror them, match them where they're at, and then move them along. It's like as speakers or performers, when I get in front of an audience, I always try and match the mood of the audience to start with if they're tired or exhausted. I start at a lower level, but then I bring them along with me. And emotions are contagious, and they they affect the whole room. And so you can kind of carry them along with you. And you can change the atmosphere.
0: And I'm sure you do the same. And this is part of what you gather through your life journey. But whenever I speak or facilitate a train, I try to find out as much about my audience as I can. Right. Right. I love to meet them before you guys got a Canadian's jersey on. Okay. I'll remember him. And somebody else will have some funky hat on, or he's got came in with four kids, whatever. I'll try to remember those. I have problems remembering names. I got to write those down. Right. But something about you, I seem to be able to remember And whenever I'm presenting and speaking, I will bring that up. I try to connect. And by having those little personal moments, I can't connect to everybody because there's too many people in the audience. But I have those little moments that I can connect with. And it's important to me because I'm just saying, hey, I'm listening and I'm one of you and we're in this together type of thing. And that's what it conveys.
1: You make a good point, and I learned this, I would go out about half hour before a presentation on stage and go start talking to members of the audience, because it's better to talk to a room full of friends than it is a bunch of strangers. But the one thing I noticed was after the programs were over, the people who almost 100% that I actually engaged with always came up and bought my books, my product, signed up for our newsletters, any of the resource material we were providing, almost to 100%. And so, because it was about that connection, it's actually. That hand. connection. Yeah. And that's
0: why I call it the EI connection because it's using your emotional intelligence to make a connection with somebody yeah. so that we now have a better relationship or we have a connection.
1: Well, and it makes sense. Hey, well, this is fabulous. So if people want to get hold of you, whether it's for speaking engagement or training, we're going to have the information, the website, just go to johnbrennan.com. You got to remember the H. Yes. John H. H. If you get the H, you're
0: not going to find me. John H. Brennan.
1: Right. Well, I remember Googling you and all of a sudden I thought, yeah, I've seen him on the news shows on Sunday morning because there's a government official that shares your name.
0: Well, yeah, he was in charge of the CIA. I John know,
1: exactly. Murray. Well, it's yeah. funny you say that. There's another Michael Vickers and he's with the Pentagon and it's always between him and me on a Google search.
0: Well, I grew up in Montreal, right? So I went to French school. My mom was French. My dad was from Philly, but my name is very Irish. right? It's John Henry Brennan. But I went to French school and I figured my name is very unique. Yeah. Nobody else has a name like me. So I went to the United States and there's a million John Brennans. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Even as an actor, I had to put the H because of other John Brennans yeah. in the union. So that H, and that H actually stands for humor.
1: <laughs> it's good. The book is... The EI Connection, The Key to Elevating the Experience, Essential Script for Our Time by John H. Brennan. John, we'll put all the information in the show notes for you and people can get hold of your book. Lots of good insights, lots of good gems in there if you want to get started and elevate your game and level up that whole emotional intelligence experience and the customer experience at the same time. So thank you so much for being our guest.
0: It was such a pleasure spending this time with you. I hope that we've made a connection and that we'll continue our conversation on and offline.
1: I absolutely look forward to it. Thanks, John. This podcast is created and associated with Summit Media. My production team is Bess Smith and Kendra Vickers. The fee for the show is that you share it with friends when you find something useful or interesting. Goodbye.